welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rose, and business success and mindset coach, speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, and the host of the Embodied Coach Masterclass. And I am on a mission to inspire as many people as I possibly can to step into their power, recognize their unconditional worthiness, and ultimately build a life they are absolutely obsessed with. And through this podcast, I will be spreading my message along with some powerful guest speakers, and we will be talking all things business strategy, mindset, manifesting, and of course, making your success a pleasure-filled experience. So join us in making our reality exceed our wildest dreams. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited for our podcast guest today. She's such a powerful woman, and I've been really wanting to have her come speak to you all. And I'm going to go ahead and let her introduce herself to you all. Hi, Sarah, my love. Hello, Sarah. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me on here. So appreciate you, who you be in the world, and just the vibration of this experience together. So good. Uh, I am Sarah. Thank you. I am Sarah Surigliano. Uh, I'm the co-founder of Heart Led Leaders. Um, we are a company that really focuses in on teaching people how to reprogram their subconscious mind. So we'll definitely get into the juiciness of what that is and how that can serve every single one of us, whether it's for our business, whether it's for relationships, it really is a beautiful key that um, I really hold strong for believing that everyone deserves to know right now. Everyone deserves how to become aware of what's underneath their conscious awareness and know how to shift it. Um, so the foundation of our company, Heart Led Leaders, is doing just that. We certify and train coaches and healers. We've been doing so for the past few years. We have such a dojo of a certification training that is just really a beautiful experience of personal development and growth, as well as, you know, learning tools to help others along their way, whether you're a coach, healer, business owner, any of it, um, it definitely serves to know these tools. So that's the foundation of the company in and of itself. I also run retreats. Mm. and pilgrimages at sacred sites around the world. So um, I sometimes share, you know, I sometimes and actually often share on my page, the science of sacred sites, how they're here to help us in this time. Mm -hmm. So we often have our retreats and we have our, um, we have retreats and pilgrimages at those sites. Um, And I also take one-on-one every now and then, you know, mentorships, but that's really the foundation of what we're doing, who I am, who I be. Um, I have a deep background in science. Uh, I like to match science with spirituality. I don't like to talk about a lot of spiritual topics that I can't back up with the science of people. I love to share them both. Yeah. So that's really who I be in the world. Um, And I have a background in neurolinguistics. I have a background in the subconscious. I have a background in epigenetics. Um, I have a background in neuroscience in and of itself. Yeah, I have a background in studying quantum physics on a very deep level. And um, I have a background in nutrition. And and right now I'm currently getting my doctorate in natural medicine, rising consciousness in the collective and just be a source of light and teaching people how they can heal themselves. Truly, that's what I'm here for. Oh, I love it. I didn't know you had all of that in your tool belt. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot in there. I think I left some stuff out too. (laughs) There's a lot in there. (laughs) So, so powerful. And 
Um, this is a little bit off topic, but I just wanted to share. I'm actually going to Tulum um, next week. Yeah. And that's like, like, what? I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I know that you've been to Tulum pretty recently, right? And you had a very sacred experience there. Yeah, I actually, um, I lived there for a few months earlier this year and I'd love to talk to you about it if you want to. Um, but <laughs> so down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I definitely will give you some tips offline about it because uh, Tulum, it's a really big hotspot to go to. And I really recommend everyone who feels the call to go there. It is a deeply, deeply sacred land. With that being said, a lot of the sacred lands um, across the world right now, they have the polarity of a party scene with them, right? And it's just an example of the duality of the reality. There's that party scene and there's that deep, deep spiritual scene as well. And neither side is right, wrong, good or bad. It just exists there. And it's good to know when you're going because the energy is very, very strong and potent and you can get swayed to both sides. And Tulum is actually, um, so it's built on cenotes, which pretty much means underground rivers. And the significance of that and the importance for anyone listening, because I know a lot of people listening probably want to go to are um, the important thing for us to remember and know about cenotes is that they're underground rivers. And what that does for us when we go there is it could make us feel really off balance. Mm. It can be hard to get our footing. And similar to how Sedona is, you know, Sedona forces you to go with the flow on a big oh, level yeah. it's like that times 10 oh right? it's so like excited times 10. <laughs> so it's so good it's so beautiful it's just really important to remember ah, i need to go with the flow um it's okay to make plans but how quickly can i let them go and go with my intuition and go with the flow mm, i love that so much because actually the the people that I'm going with, we like started to make a plan and we're like, okay, we know we want to do these things, but like, we're both really just down to like, let it go and like, see, see where it takes us. So that's even synchronistic that you just said that. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> of course. And do you have any plans to go to any of the sites there, the sacred sites there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We want to go to the ruins one day. I don't know exactly yeah. which ones or what the name of it is, but yeah, I'm super stoked. Yeah. So there's, there's ruins in Tulum and I really recommend this is coming through pretty strongly to go to Koba. What is it? Especially if you're, are you going with female friends? Koba, C-O-B-A. C-O-B-A. Are you going? Yeah. Are you going with female friends? Yeah. It's kind of like a little couples uh, trip. So I got my cool. best girlfriend and her boyfriend and my man. So yay. nice, nice, beautiful. It'll be so fun. And um, I recommend going to that site. It's really powerful. Koba, both of them are. Um, and just bring offerings, you know, we're on sacred Mayan land. So um, when you're going to these sites, uh, my the best practice I always share with people is just to bring an offering the same way the Mayans did, right? Whether it's flowers that you bring and just give to the site, asking your permission to be there. Uh, these sites are living, breathing organisms and they hold potent energy mm-hmm. and they want to get to know us too. So they want to get to know our vibrations. So the same way the Mayans did, I always recommend to people bring flowers, bring little cacao beans you can do that too um that's great for mayans cacao is the gold of the mayans so i recommend that with going and you'll have a beautiful experience and it will give you the medicine you need these sites are really made for that wow i am so excited even more so than ever (laughs) so thank you yeah i'm excited for you of course appreciate it so something that was coming through when you were talking about 
the science and kind of like bridging, bridging the gap between science and spirituality. Cause I'm huge on that too. Like I love to talk about like manifestation, but let's talk about the science behind it too. Mm-hmm. And I work a lot with archetypes and one of the archetypes that, um, I work with my clients on is like the chemist archetype. And mm. that's like the, the, the archetype that plays in the 5d, but brings it down into the 3d so that you can actually change lives in this, in this realm. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you were speaking to that, I was just like, fuck yeah. Like you are such a chemist. You're such a chemist, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Literally when you were describing that archetype, I actually haven't heard chemist, but I'm like, oh, wow. She's describing me. Like you see me. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. It's literally what I'm here to do for <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that then let's talk about like bringing those very, very like quote unquote woo woo things that happen and take place in that beautiful, powerful quantum field and bring them into this 3d reality. So we can experience like that true lasting change. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you for this. Um, so, you know, for me, I'd love to share a little bit about why I'm so in love with the science of it. Cause I think that helps paint a nice picture because I actually like a lot of people I've realized start in science and then realize when they go deep into studying science like oh wow there's really a part of this that's just so connected and is beyond what science can describe so then people become spiritual after studying science for 30 years for me it was yeah it was for me it was the opposite so I actually um you know I was raised very young my dad was a preacher very very young very powerful speaker who had a spiritual awakening, you know, who realized like there's no, like in his perspective, he came to the understanding on his own journey. There's no one way, there's no one religion. Wait, there's genius in all of these different religions. So he stepped away from the church. And actually, I always say this, this changed my, the course of my whole life where um, he got property in upstate New York. And instead of preaching on Sundays, he talked to me as a little kid. So very, very young, yeah, so beautiful, so fortunate. And very, very young, I was opened up to Eckhart Tolle. I was opened up to the Upanishads. I was opened up to these deep spiritual truths and having conversations about them. Um, And I always, that was always a foundation of who I was and how I saw the world. And as I got older, I got more and more passionate about it, especially from me losing my way and me falling off the path and me going through my own dark nights of the soul because I didn't know who I really was. I was trying to be cool. I was trying to fit in. I was trying to do the right thing. Great. Get the great job, you know, tick all the boxes of what it seems to be successful, have the great relationship. And I really lost myself in it and tumbled into my own dark night of the soul. And with all of that being said, I always still had that spiritual foundation. And as I was rising through and realizing I really wanted to help other people, as I rose through my dark night of the soul, as it taught me the lessons I needed to learn in my life, I realized I was here to help other people and went through some of the most painful experiences of trying to help other people. Because when I would talk about the deep... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like laughing because I so get that. <laughs> The beginning of trying to help other people is tough because we have to learn our own ways of letting go of realizing people are perfect the way they are, even if, you know, they're going through a hard time, even if they're, they're in the matrix, even if they're in, you know, the density of their field right now, they're still in the perfect place for them. 
And it's tough when you want to help them, when you can see like exactly how and you want to help them, but it's hard to get through to that other side and or get your voice through or get the message through. And this is where it all really ties in, where um, as I was learning my own way of doing that, I would realize that when I would speak spiritual truth, sometimes it would hit, you know, but people would glaze over. If it got too spiritual, you know, I was early on, this was like 10 years ago that I was beginning this process. And yeah. it, there wasn't this huge spiritual community, not that it's any easier now, you know, people glaze over now still, if they're not ready for it. Um, but I realized, you know, very early on that if it would get too spiritual, if I said certain words like God, like source, if I said things that weren't physical and material, that tangible, uh, people would glaze over and I'd lose them. And I'd lose everything that just happened in the session because I lost them in that moment. Right. Yeah. I hear you and I feel you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I learned early on, I learned very early on, ah, if I could just share the science before, right? If I could just share a little bit of the mechanism of how our psyche works, if I could just share a little bit of how the quantum field works, and then I talk about manifestation, people start understanding how it works. People get the science, you know, we're all geniuses. So when we can soothe that left side of the brain, that logical side of the mind, the walls come down a little bit. Like, ah, that's how it works. And when we can understand, hmm, that's how it works. The doing becomes easier. So if I could just explain the science a little bit, if I could just explain, ah, this is how it works. The person lets down the guard, their heart opens a little bit and they're like, I'll give this a shot. Right. So very early on, I learned that formula and I've been rolling with it ever since. That's incredible. And I'm so happy that you're doing this because like you said, it adds that layer of like, ability to take action, you know, like a lot of spiritual leaders who are so powerful and this isn't to, um, you know, talk down on how they teach, but sometimes it's, it's very hard to actually apply because it's, it's too up in, in the, in the world of the, the quantum. It's like, how do I actually apply these things into my life? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I was just listening to, um, I don't know if you know him, um, Lorin Kren. Do you know him? I don't know. He teaches a lot I'm about masculine. Down. Yeah. A lot about masculine and feminine dynamics. And what I appreciate, appreciate about him a lot is he talks about all of those things of like, you know, how to make her feel safe and like why it's important mm. and all this stuff. But more importantly, he gives you the tangible how and I'm always mm-hmm. just so appreciative of it because I'm like, amazing. Now I actually know what to do out in this world. You know, like I have this abundance of information, but applying it is totally different. So I just want to praise you for helping people bridge that gap between knowing and actually embodying and taking action so they can experience that transformation. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's such a core value of mine. I couldn't agree more. And you know, it, it, it's really because it's what shifted my own life. Like when I was listening to all these podcasts, listening to all these people, a little question shifted my life, which I would really like to share here, which is why does this matter to me? Right. And the second one is what can I do in my life right now to implement this into my reality? 
right? And this is where we become our own geniuses because this is where we start filtering out. We start using our discernment where we, we realize, oh, that actually did, wasn't relevant to my life. They exactly. sounded cool. They sounded pretty. They have the titles, but it wasn't right for me, right? We start using our discernment with that first question. And the second one, embodiment. This is where, you know, when we're, whenever we're learning new, new information, we're creating new synaptic connections in our brain. Our brain's becoming more alive. That's all that means. Mm -hmm. But if we don't implement it, if we don't do something right now, if we don't bring in the experience, those new neural connections, those synaptic connections break and we forget. We forget the information we just learned. So I always ask that question. I always share to my clients and the people in our training, implement it now. Find your own genius ways to bring this into your life, to ground it into your reality, even if it's one small thing. Because I, I share this all the time and it really speaks to what we're talking about here is the time of the guru is over. The time of the one leader, it's over. It's the age of Aquarius, baby. It's all of us rising together. But what that means is that we all must become the master. We all must become the guru. And the only way to do that is to start with the little simple things. How is this relevant to me? How can I incorporate this into my life right now? Mm, chills. Chills all over my body. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So something that was coming through when you were talking about the whole, like trying to like get people to change. Right. And it's like, you mm. learn, and I learned this very early on in my journey too, that there's, there's really no need for people to change, but there is a need for people to feel inspired. And something that was coming up for me was one time I had somebody tell me that everyone has their own sense of purpose, right? And like my purpose is totally different from somebody else's purpose. This is when I was trying to like get everyone to leave their nine to five job. I was like, everyone leave. <laughs> this is corrupt. <laughs> You're in the matrix, right? Like, which a part of it, <laughs> a part of it is very true. But the other part of it was there's actually people who desire, right. To live that there are people who desire for that to be their purpose. And it is. Um, and so having this understanding that I am not meant to, um, change everyone or get them to live the life that I'm living, but giving them the permission to be leaders in their own life and serve their purpose, whatever that looks like. So I'm curious for the people that you work with, are they usually always like in business for themselves or are they just people who want to change their life? Like what, what is the foundation or of the, of the people you work with? I love what you just shared too. It's so important. And what kept coming through my head, it's such a, such an important thing to remember for coaches, for leaders, for everyone, everyone is a leader in their own right. We all have people looking to us and we all have an opportunity to be a leader in every moment. And we can't um, undervalue the significance of planting a seed which is that inspiration you're talking about. Exactly. So we don't have to change everyone. Can we see people as perfect, exactly where they need to be as the divine light that they are at all moments, even if they're not doing something we don't perceive as divine. And if we have an opportunity, we can plant a seed. You know, maybe that's a book. Maybe that's, you know, sharing uh, something that we see in them, the light we see in them to inspire them to see it in themselves, right? There's it's really important to remember that always. And it's a core value of mine. So I wanted to echo that really beautifully said. And um, so I work with 
literally all different types of people. It could be business owners. It could be someone who just wants to improve their own life and all different ages. Honestly, we have some people who are 23 who come in and rock the subconscious mind training. You know, we have people in their 80s coming in because they're realizing, I want to shift this. You know, I don't care. I'm in my 80s. I want to shift this because I want to live fully. And I know that the subconscious is a key to do that. Right. I had a woman in her 80s sitting in a chair 20 minutes into a session. And I was the first time I guided someone in their 80s. I was a little nervous because I was like, oh, people say like you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But I, I, you know, I was like, no, I believe anyone can change at any time. And I know it. And 20 minutes into the session, she stood up with her hands up and said, I'm free. She started crying and said, I'm free. She was free from something that she held. It was a very deep trauma with her mother that she held her whole life. And all she needed to do was get into that subconscious in a new way, shift her perspective a little bit, bring in some compassion, and it freed her from the experience. And the experience was shown up in her everyday life for her whole life is overeating compulsive eating and she was free of it in that moment and I've kept up with her and she's been free of it ever since so wow there's people of all ages who come through and it's this part of this awakening that everyone's feeling in their own way part of this awakening of ah there's something in me that I know I know it's possible to make the money. I know it's possible to create the business I know it's possible to live this life I want but why doesn't it exist for me? You know, it's that tough question that's like, maybe it's not possible for me. Mm -hmm. And the only reason, what I always share is the only reason that we're struggling in life. The only reason that we're facing up against a challenge is because we have a program, a subconscious program, which means it's just outside of our conscious awareness. That's all subconscious means. We have a subconscious program that's getting in the way that's contradicting the thing we desire. Yes. So if we can just get into the subconscious and shift the program, things tend to work out. We don't have to fight so hard. We don't have to struggle so hard. We don't have to hustle so hard. We don't have to go through so much pain, so many cycles of pain, if we can just shift the program. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So that's why, yeah, that's why people of all ages come through. Can I just say how much I like fucking love that you work with people of all ages? Like when you said 80 years old, I was like, because, you know, you just, you just don't think that like 80 year olds want to change, the, change their life, but like they do, you know, and you're, yeah. you're guiding them to that. And I'm just like, it made me so happy. <laughs> it made me, me so happy to know that. So thank you for, for sharing that story. And, you know, I, I could not agree with you more. Like this is, this is actually where you can go really deep into like being the creator of your reality. Right. Because mm-hmm like society, like a huge one for me is, um, I had a program that you got to work hard to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so that was my reality, right? Like Mm -hmm. I was working really, really hard. So I was making a lot of money, but I was also sacrificing my happiness because that was another program I had, right. Was Mm -hmm. if you want to be successful, you got to sacrifice your happiness. Mm. And when I realized that I had all of these neural networks, right. That were just in my mind, blocking me from the life that I actually desired on a conscious level. I decided to play with the system a little bit. I was like, well, if I really am the creator of my reality, like what does that actually look like for me? Right. And for me, one of the biggest ones was I can make money with ease, you know, like Mm. I I don't have to burn myself out. I don't have to sacrifice, sacrifice my happiness to be wealthy. And, um, 
and it's true. And now it's my truth. <laughs> and it's Let's so go. true. Let's go, girl. Let's go. Getting rid of that program that is such a deeply embedded program. Most people have it. Most yeah. people in our current time, because we've been running from such this uh, tainted masculine side, you know, this like masculine side, not man or woman, just mm-hmm. this logic side of do, 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 do. And that's the only way to create by doing in the physical, right? That's yeah. just, there's nothing right, wrong, good or bad. Yes, that is part of our reality. It's just, we forgot about the unseen for a little bit. We forgot about the feminine flow. So that's an, an embedded program that is so deep. It is so deeply embedded for most people. Yeah. And honestly, like what you're doing and what many of us are doing is rewriting the paradigm, what it means to work in balance with the masculine and feminine, yes. right? What it means to manifest in the quantum as a feminine creator, to go in, whether you're a man or a woman, to go into that nothingness, that void of the quantum, to connect to it. That is the sea of creation. And to feel, right, we need our feelings to be able to do that because our heart is the portal to the quantum. So we need our feelings to be able to even connect to that quantum field, to go beyond time and space, to create from there, and then to ground it into the physical reality by finding the actions that can happen right now to make that dream a reality. So we're learning this new way, we're creating this new way, and it's so much more fun. Things happen so much faster. We work beyond the laws of time and space, whether it's for healing or whether it's for creating creating in our business. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. I love this yes. work so much. Um, so where would one start? Like if, if you were speaking to someone saying like, Hey, I want to get into the work, this work, like where is the first place that they should start? Mm, this work in terms of uh, subconscious mind work. Exactly. Yep. Uh, so the first thing I would say is you know, this is a giant journey of getting to know yourself. So um, for subconscious mind work, I would say the first thing to do is just bring in more practices of getting to know yourself. You know, who are you? What do you really like? What do you really want? What, what do you want, right? To start to become aware of what is you and what is a program. Um, and the reason that I say that I want to uh, get on the same page about programs really quickly, um, you know, the subconscious mind is our programs. It's their set stored of beliefs, behaviors, habits, right? And it lives outside of our conscious awareness. You know, most people think their conscious awareness is what's making them get up and, you know, pick up their phone, that their conscious awareness is what's making them choose what they wear, what they eat, what they say, but it's not our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is simply the creative mind. And it only kicks into gear for about 5% of the day, every day, the other 95% of our day, every day, what's actually running our lives is what is in the subconscious programming. And the subconscious programming is beyond the realm of our conscious awareness. So it's like, wait a minute, hold on. You're telling me that the subconscious mind is controlling 95% of our day and I'm not aware of it, right? That's like, what? So that is where to start. (laughs) Yeah, this is where to start to have the understanding that we are not the ones who's running the show until we become conscious of the programs that were instilled into our subconscious and we start choosing differently. And I'm just gonna expand a little bit more. And this is so important for everyone listening. And if any, everyone uh, doesn't know this or isn't aware of the subconscious, here's what to remember. That the subconscious mind was embedded. We essentially installed, just like a computer, we installed our baseline programming from the, the third trimester of being in the womb. So it starts when you're in the womb. 
And it goes on to about age seven. And once we hit age seven, we grow in our, our brain essentially grows a little bit. We grow in our, our brain creates, uh, I'm trying to summarize it. So our, our brain essentially evolves and we aren't in that constant state of being like a sponge because from the third trimester to age seven, you are like a sponge downloading the programs you witness around you. And what that means is that you're not just downloading the behaviors and actions from those around you, your family, your caretakers, your friends who you spend your most time with, you're downloading the emotional uh, cycles as well. Mm-hmm. Children, children are seeing way beyond because their brain is in what is called the theta state. It's a lower brain wave. It's the brain waves that we reach before bed. And it's the brain waves that we reach right as we're waking up in the morning and in deep hypnosis. But children are living in it. They're living in the imaginary realm. And what that means is that they're seeing beyond what people say and what people do. They're seeing beyond into how people feel. So children are like a sponge downloading that. And you and I were the same way when we were in the womb to age seven, downloading all of our programs of pretty much what it means to be human. And we're downloading it from school, what it means to be human, sit down, be quiet, don't speak up, raise your hand when you have a question, all of these things, right? It's not okay to be fidgety. It's not okay to want to go outside and play. You have to sit here. You have to focus, right? These are deeply embedded programs that we're getting when we're very, very young. And we're getting those programs from our family, from our friends, from what we're subject to, from the shows we watch, from the video games we play. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I would say when someone's getting started is start to become aware of what do you actually want in your reality? Who are you? What do you resonate with? Is that truth for you or did you pick it up as a program as you went along? Getting to know ourselves. This is a huge journey of getting to know ourselves. And the only way to begin to become aware of the program is to become aware of the program. To become aware of what is yours, right? And often, like I'm sure you experience this, often we pick up those programs about money and we're like, that was never mine. I picked it up from X, Y, and Z. I picked it up from society, my parents, my caregiver, right? And it's not mine. And I don't have to hold it anymore. So the first step is to become aware of the program. And the best way to do it is to have a coach, you know, have a guide. Um, you can, I, I, we, we don't need a coaching guide. We are our own coaching guide healer, but we do need a coaching guide. Exactly. At the same time, it's, feel, it's a paradox. I feel, I'm just laughing because I feel like I've totally said that before. I was like, you don't need one, but you need one. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I don't like to tell people what to do, um, but we all have our own blind spots. And our blind spots exist because of our subconscious programming. So sometimes just having a guide who can then be like, ha, I'm seeing this pattern. Are you seeing it? And it's like, oh shit, I was avoiding it. Like it's all what you know. Someone's telling you what you already know, but we haven't wanted to face. And then having a guide also that can guide you through subconscious programs, right? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes in the beginning, it's just like a guide to make us aware. And that's beautiful. And those coaches, leaders, uh, facilitators are beautiful in their own way. Um, But I would say that once you get into the subconscious and once you're becoming aware, this is a different level of mastery here. When we're starting to become aware of our subconscious program, you've risen to a new level of mastery. And um, the first thing I could say is either find your own way to reprogram your subconscious that works for you, right? Find your own way because you don't always need a guide. It just is like a shortcut. It helps you collapse timelines in your reality and go a lot further faster. That's what a coach guide healers do. Um, But find your own way too, that works for you. 
and make sure that whatever healer guide coach has the foundation that they want you to be free and they want you to go do this on your own. And they're giving you the tools of how to do that. Right. Cause we don't want to be reliant on one person. You should outgrow your coach. You should outgrow your guide and you should move on to other ones. Right. Yes. Um, and have mastered the things that they have to teach you. Because again, the age of the guru is over. You are your own guru yeah. and um, the guide should be reminding you of that. So the way to start is to start to become aware. The next level is to learn how to reprogram the programs that aren't serving you. Mm-hmm. Like the programs of lack of separation in our society that yeah. so desperately need to be upgraded. The fact that there are endless forms of manipulation in our society that are simply reinforcing the program of separation. So it's like, ah, okay. Anytime I feel like I'm judging someone, it's just a program of separation and I can come back to compassion and let that go and rise above it and transmute it. Such a powerful message. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to that, especially in our world right now. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm curious what I'm sure there's been many, but what's coming to you right now. When I ask you what's one program that you're really happy you reprogrammed. Mm, oh my goodness. There's so many. I know. There's I was like, so I many. wonder what she's going to choose. <laughs> yeah. I got to tune into the heart for a second. So I would say that the one that is most alive for me is one that's really relevant for, you know, your, I, I believe your audience in this conversation around, you know, manifesting and um, kind of where the conversation has been today. Uh, would be that it has to take a really long time for you to be successful, mm-hmm. right? It has to take a really long time and it, you have to work really hard to do it, right? Yeah. And there, you know, that was such a deeply embedded programming. And it also had a layer of, it has to be really hard, right? It has to be really hard. And your programming actually was similar layers to like that programming that I have. Yeah. As soon as I let that go, as soon as I realized that I am already successful, that what is successful, right? First, we had to break down what successful meant to me. And then all of a sudden, when I define my own version of success, which I recommend for everyone to do, do not take on anyone else's version of success because you will just run down the wrong path and realize it wasn't yours the whole time. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I did was I really defined what success was for me. And when I did that, I realized I already was successful. And as soon as I did that, I just let go of the program. I just let go of the whole idea of chasing something that wasn't even mine to chase. And I just started being what I am. And I started realizing I am good. And I started showing up with my sole mission, sole purpose and realizing that if I could help one person that day, I'm beyond successful. And sometimes it looks different every day, but at least I'm serving in my mission. At least I'm serving my purpose. Sometimes it's just listening to someone who needs it and they're not paying me for it. And that's okay. (laughs) Sometimes it's just smiling at a stranger and telling them that their smile is beautiful, right? So it looks different in every day, but because I've created my own definition of values and success and who I want to be in the world, um, the pressure is off. And as soon as the pressure was off, manifesting started happening with a snap of a finger, right? I thought about a partnership I wanted, all of a sudden I was in it right? I thought about um, a new business idea. All of a sudden we were doing it, 
right? It's literally manifesting like that, bringing things into form beyond space and time. They're happening so quickly, so fast. And people around me starting to be like, huh, that's happening fast for you. I'm like, well, because I worked on my mindset. I did the work for six years. I'm like, what do you think? I'm out here talking about the quantum field and manifesting and preaching something I'm not living? Like, right? shit. Yeah. I'm doing oh, well- the work and that's why it seems like it's happening fast. And that's the fucking key. That is the key. Like being, (laughs) being the embodiment of your work. Like this is such a, such a disconnect, I think for a, a lot of people, it's like, there's a difference between like knowing these things and actually embodying them. And of course you're like, when you're embodied in them, you're going to fucking be the result of it. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. So powerful. I'm also experiencing deja vu right now. And I don't know what that means, but it's Ooh. happening. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing timelines. We are right now. Right where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, so I love that. I was getting chills and I was really just letting it sink in. And for the listeners, let it sink in exactly what she was just speaking to around defining what success actually means to you. And most of the time it's realizing that you already are. And, you know, Sarah, then the name of the, the podcast is obviously pleasurable success and it's literally just, you just defined it, you know, mm. it's, that's what it is. And <laughs> I always joke. I'm like the, the program that was that this um, pleasurable success came from was dinner before dessert. And Mm. yeah. And so basically like that, that program for me meant that like, I actually had to achieve something to receive something or to be worthy of something. Mm. And that actually just no longer felt in alignment for me. And I think that's a big one for a lot of people. They think they need to yeah, to make them worthy of something, they need to like work really, really hard in order for it to be theirs. And, you know, there is a level of taking action and doing the work, right? Like, I'm not going to say that you don't have to work hard to, Mm -hmm. to manifest your dreams because there is that layer of working hard. You know that I know that. However, Mm -hmm. I just think it's, it's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That that we have to feel worthy after we've done something and not Mm -hmm. worthy throughout the entire journey. So I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your perspective on this whole like dinner before dessert type of program. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I love that so much because um, it really speaks to uh, a deep value of mine is like, what is the place you're taking action from? So like, what is the vibrational state you're taking action from? And knowing with the level of mastery that we're all being called to rise to, that is knowing, having the knowing that it's the vibration we are taking action from that create the result. So you could get the thing you're manifesting like the new house, but if you manifest it, if you take action from the vibration of I'm only, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this today so I could feel worthy of what I'm doing. Like I'm doing this today so I could reward myself, right? You're constantly going to reinforce that unworthiness. So you're going to have the huge house and you're going to need to go after something else. It's going to be so depressing. You're going to sit in that house. It's going to hit you. And you're going to be like this. I feel nothing. I feel like I need, I I need to get the second house. I need to do this. I need to, you're going to keep climbing that, trying to get that worthiness. Whereas if you can just flip the script on its head. If you can realize 
let me just have the dessert and and I'll take action. Let me realize that I am the dessert, right? Let yes! me realize I'm the dinner ah! and the dessert, right? And you can start taking that. action from <laughs> you can start taking action from the state of wholeness. You can start taking action from the fact that even if I don't take action, I'm still fucking incredible. I'm still amazing. I'm still worthy, right? Even if I don't do anything today. Yes. So it's really, really becoming aware of what do we use to motivate ourselves? Mm -hmm. This is a programming I work a lot with clients on, especially men, especially fathers. Mm. Right? A lot of fathers are very, very hard on themselves and they have a lot of pressure, right? They're the, a lot of them are the sole breadwinners. So they do have a lot of pressure on their backs. So they, they bring all of that pressure to the table every time they need to do something. And it's, exhausting. And I can't believe the men in this position are even doing anything and taking any action. Totally. And they're motivating themselves from the state of being very, very hard on themselves. And women do, women do it too. Everyone does it. I used to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's really asked, posing the question of how are we motivating ourselves? And if it's from the state of being worthy, you know, to receive, to have a good night's sleep, like I'm not worthy of this good night's sleep because I didn't do enough today. You know, like what are we motivating ourselves with and how can we flip the script on its head? How can we realize we are already good? We are already whole. We are already perfect as is. And whether we get the cake, whether we get the accomplishment, we're good. Yep. Because I know who I am. I know I am serving on my mission and it's going to look different every day. And that's okay. And that's so when okay. We know that, yeah. And that's okay. Some days you're going to show up and you're going to be a force of nature. And some days it's going to take everything in you just to have a cup of coffee. Right. So knowing when we, when we have the grander picture when we have the grander knowing that we're already good as is that uh, we are worthy of all as is we begin to be able to flip the script on his head and play a different game. Love it. Flip the script. Flip flip the script. And just to rein, you know, the whole point home is like, what are what state are you creating from and remembering that upon manifesting? Because it's the vibration that we're in that we're going to manifest. It doesn't matter whether we sell the company for 10 million, it doesn't matter where we get. It's a vibration that we are in as we create the thing that the thing becomes. Yes. That is the feeling we're ultimately creating and magnifying. So it's just remembering that, like, what vibration are we in as we're creating? Because that's what we're ultimately receiving. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like smiling again over here because so something that I say, obviously, I teach my clients around um, like social media training, like I'll, I'll teach them around that. And something that I really, really make them understand is to create from source and not from force. And it's just mm, I love so that. Thank you. Yeah. And it's just so applicable here in the world of manifesting anything too, right? Create from the vibration of source and not from the vibration of force. Um, mm -hmm. And I just wanted to throw that in there because it was very, very aligned. So thank you. I love that. that. I love that so much. And social media is such a magnifier of this, like just in our society as a whole. And it's like, I, I share this with people often. I share that value with you because who needs more force out on social media? Because mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, you know, when it comes down to it, the veil is lifted. 
people can feel your energy behind the post. It doesn't matter how pretty the picture is, and it doesn't matter how good the words are perfectly grammatically correct. People feel your energy behind it. It doesn't matter if you put your 30 posts out for your business launch. It doesn't matter. right? What matters is the energy behind it. So yes, girl, create from source, not from force. And if you feel like you're forcing it, put it down and come back when you feel in in alignment, right? Because one, what do you want to spread to the world? Do you want to spread that force? No. Do you Mm want to spread on alignment? No. Because that's what you're doing when you're putting up a post and it doesn't feel aligned, right? We're just spreading more negative energy to people. So, you know, it's huge. It's a huge level of responsibility and it's a huge level of self-awareness of like, you know, am I in alignment? What do I want to share? Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm supposed to have 30 posts out before the launch or whatever the rules are these days. <laughs> but like, am I in alignment with those 30 posts? Or am I just going to put one really great post out and magnetize those people to me? Exactly. And like, I kid you not, like, more people need to really actually do that. <laughs> because the I, I think, I think a lot of people have this underlying fear that, um, uh, what was I going to say? They have this fear of oh, that the inspiration's never going to come. So they have to force it. And the inspiration mm-hmm. always comes like it. <laughs> you always get those downloads. You always get those intuitive nudges, like, you know, with writer's block, you know, it's like, you always, it always comes to you. And the more you force <laughs> it, the more you resist it, the bigger it's going to get. So instead like go do something that inspires you go watch a sunset, go to the ocean, like put your feet in the sand go, I don't know, buy some plants, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> something yeah. that will just inspire you. But the worst thing you could do is, is force it. So, yeah. And it comes from an understanded place. Like people are trying to make themselves disciplined, which is important. You know, discipline is important and the inspiration does come after action. That's true. You know, it's mm-hmm. absolutely true. We're not going to always feel like it. But there's a deep balance here that we're not fooling anyone. You know, when you're forcing something and you know, when you're creating discipline, you know, like we don't have to sit here and try and describe it. You know, when you're just resisting something and it's time to sit down and do the work and face yourself and, you know, sit down and get the thing done. And Mm -hmm. you know, when something is out of alignment, you know, the difference. If you slow down and listen, you know, that's why self-awareness is like key to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing it right back to the beginning. Where do we start to know yourself, to begin to know yourself? Amazing. I'm actually also really curious because you've mentioned the word guru a couple of times and I'm curious, like who are your, your biggest gurus that you follow (laughs) aside from yourself? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so funny because I get like very, very, uh, my friends tend to laugh at me because I follow a lot of old uh, oh man, uh-huh. don't judge me, family. But my friends joke with me about this. So what I'm about to say is a joke. Uh-huh. But, um, I I follow a lot of old white men that a lot of people <laughs> don't want to listen to, and I do deep research onto the work. Uh-huh. And I'm 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 being exaggerating. Like it's not just that. You know, I follow a lot of people, but um, I, I really have been given the sole gift of being a researcher. Uh-huh. And so I go deep on the work that a lot of people don't want to spend time on. That's the point of the joke. Um, so <laughs> there's a lot of different people that I've studied over the years, but I'd say the big ones are big now. And it's great. You know, uh, Joe Dispenza, I've studied his work for almost 10 years now. So he's been a huge, huge part of me getting into neuroscience and me getting into all of these things. Greg Braden, huge. He, I would say he was my number one. 
He's incredible. Um, he's a beautiful researcher that bridges compassion in a really divine way. His integrity is at a whole other level. He's like Mr. Integrity. Bruce Lipton, um, he's like the, I call him the godfather of epigenetics. Um, he's really, he really truly has made a huge impact on our world in terms of how we look at our biology. And he, he taught us all that, you know, our cells are listening and that positive thoughts create a chemical which make our cells function in a certain way. And negative thoughts create a chemical which make our cells function in a certain way. So mm -hmm. he really um, grounded in. So Bruce Lipton, uh, Freddie Silva is huge for me. Um, he's more on the side of ancient wisdom and um, the science of sacred sites and the true history of sacred sites. That man has connected the dots across cultures like no other, other than Graham Pancock. Graham Hancock could do great as well. Um, so these are a lot of the these are a lot of the core foundations of the people I study. Um, I also, you know, study a lot of ancient wisdom. So like I go across cultures, whether it's Taoism, whether it's um, the Bhagavad Gita, whether it's uh, Thoth's emerald tablets, and a huge teacher of mine. Um, Thoth was an Egyptian. He's said to be the creator of writing. And he was uh, wow. Hermes in Greece, right? So he lived, we have records of him living for over 50,000 years, which, you know, could make people question and I can lose some people there. But um, we do have scientific proof at this given point in time that before the flood, which actually happened, geologists know about this, um, before the flood, humans were living up to 900 years. Humans were living up to 40,000 years, some rulers. And if wow. you guys want to question, uh, if you guys want to do your own research, which I implore everyone question everything. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do some research on that, because I just dropped a big bomb, um, it's called the King's List. And you can find the King's List across cultures. And you can see how our lifespan was much, much longer. Um, and, and, you know, that's a big part of my research today, actually, is how can we get it? How can we embody and expand our lives on new levels? It's really a big goal of mine to uh, bring, bring in. Um, so Freddie Silva is a huge one there. Um, oh, Thoth, I was talking about Thoth's several tablets are really great. I recommend it for anyone. Um, uh, the Kabbalah has been a big teacher for me. Um, the Kabbalion, the Hermetic principles have been big, big teachers for me. So I really go across cultures. I go all the way back to the ancient wisdom. Um, and I go in with the modern science today. Um, so, so that's really a summary. I hope I didn't leave anyone out who's big, it's been a huge influence. Dr. Sue Mortar. Let's bring a feminine in there and Dr. Yeah. Bullard. Uh, yeah, so Dr. Sue Mortar wrote the book Energy Codes and it was such a huge foundation to where I am today, realizing that all sickness, all disease starts in the energetic field before reaching the body. Even a car accident, it starts in the energetic field before reaching the body. She was a, a testament to that code. Uh, Nassim Haramein for quantum physics and um, Dr. Teresa Bullard for the Kabbalah. She really opened me up to... Um, um, that form of self-mastery. It's a great path for some people. I just like to study things. I don't hold on to one because, you know, I'm here to shine a light on many and bring them into practical form. Mm. So that's a big summary of some of the people who have been an, an instrumental for me and who I still study to this day. I'm truly just like amazed over you right now. Like I, I'm just like sitting back and I'm just like, wow, I truly have a incredible woman and sitting in front of me. And this is just, wow. yeah. Thank you for sharing all of those with my audience because, you know, like we need to be more aware of this work. Right. And especially mm -hmm. around like the history that you're bringing into this, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for mm -hmm. doing that work. It's so important. And I wrote down that book. You said the King's list. 
Oh, so the King's List is actually um, a tablet that was mm. found that listed, yeah, it listed the ages of all of the different rulers. Wow. So, um, yeah, and it was found like there were more than 30, don't quote me on that number, there, but there was more than around 30 found. So that's how we know the validity of it. It was repeated over and over and over across cultures. Mm-hmm. And you can see the age of rulers and you can see very significantly that after the flood, the age dramatically dropped and kept dropping it went from 100 to 80 to 50 to 30 right it went really really low and you could even question you know that it it was associated with the levels of consciousness Mm -hmm. because as our consciousness fell our lifespan fell so um and and that aligns too with with that other um the energy codes right that aligns with with that (laughs) I could like geek out on all this with you for so long, but we're just, we're just about on time. And I want to ask you our final, (laughs) final question that I like to ask to all of my podcast podcast guests. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that question is how can the listeners make their success a more pleasure filled experience? Mm, I would say it's the theme of this podcast, which is to get to know yourself know what turns you on, know what turns you off, outsource what turns you off and outsource it now. We have beautiful VAs that will do it for you for a very low cost who are amazing, right? So find what turns you on and do it and go for it and be okay with shifting structures. You know, structures are beautiful, but they're not as important as the energy that's flowing through them. Know that structures will shift, they will fall, they will change and roll with it. Be adaptable in your business. Know who you are, know your mission, and know that it can come in many different forms. And it will come in many different forms. Mm, so powerful. Know who you be in this world. <laughs> yeah, go and be it and shine that light. We need you. We need you out there shining that light that your voice matters. Please shine your light and shine it bright. We need you out there. Yes, we do. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring my audience. <laughs> and thank you for doing this work. And thank you for speaking your truth and giving us your medicine. Like truly, this has been so enlightening and such a pleasure. So thank you. Where can my listeners find you? All the spelling will be in the show notes. So go make sure to go check her out, but where do you like to hang out the most? Yeah, I thank you so much for the kind words and just your beautiful energy. It's been a pleasure to be here. You know, I so resonate with you. I'm so excited um, for the beautiful work you're doing in the world. We need more people like you as well, guiding the light of, you know, pleasurable ways to run business. This is so needed on our planet. So thank you so much for who you be as well. Um, And thank Thank you. you for having me. Um, where I hang out the most is for sure Instagram. I'm starting to dabble in Facebook because a lot of the people I'm meeting aren't on Instagram. So I'm like, oh man, I got to get back on Facebook. But I live on Instagram. I'm there very often. Um, my Instagram handle is Sarah Sarigs. So S-A-R-A-H-C-I-R-I-G-S underscore. Um, and we have our Heart Led Leaders Instagram as well. My business is Instagram where we share a lot of inspiring, beautiful things. We highlight our tribe on there so you can learn more about us on there as well. Beautiful. And are you Italian? Is that your last name? Yes, I am. Very, very Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. That's why I asked. (laughs) 
I love it. Well, listeners, I hope you got so much out of this podcast. I know I did. Sarah, again, thank you for your medicine. It's truly a gift and be sure to share this with a friend. You know, these podcasts are really powerful and this message needs to be spread throughout the world. So go and share this with a friend, share it on Instagram, tag both Sarah and I, we really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Pleasurable Success Podcast. If you vibed with me and this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you know will benefit from it and take a little screenshot, post it on IG and be sure to tag me at Sarah Rose underscore D. That way I can say what's up and slide in your DMs. And of course, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode drops and that you're not missing out. Get out there, illuminate this world with your magic and remember how worthy you are of having it all.